I love the story about Lawn Chair Larry. Maybe you've heard about Larry Walters. Larry had always wanted to fly. And yet, for a lot of reasons, he was never able to do that. Larry was a truck driver, and he was in the military, but the military said, because of your eyesight, we're not going to let you fly. But that didn't keep Larry down. Larry decided one day, you know what, I'm going to fly. If just for a little bit, I'm going to fly. So lawn chair Larry took his lawn chair and tied 45 weather balloons to his lawn chair, and he loaded himself down with sandwiches, beer, and a pellet gun. And when they cut the cord, Larry thought, maybe I'll go about 100 feet in the air and just kind of look around over my neighborhood. Larry didn't go 100 feet into the air. He didn't go 1,000 feet into the air. Lawn chair Larry went 15,000 feet up. He was so high, he was afraid to take that pellet gun and shoot, a, shoot one of those balloons. He was afraid, you know, 15,000 feet up, three miles up in the air. Pretty soon, lawn chair Larry flies into the airway of LAX. It's reported by some Delta pilots to the air traffic controller, there's a guy up here in a lawn chair with 45 weather balloons. He finally starts shooting some of the balloons and he gradually comes down and he lands and causes a power outage because he goes into some electrical lines and he was okay. But the first thing a reporter asked him, why'd you do that? And he said, a man can't just sit around. Some people might think, well, he was crazy. Why would you risk doing that? Why would you risk going that far up in the air, not that he knew he would do that, why would you take those kind of risks? Well, life is full of risks. There are no guarantees in life. In fact, I like what um, Larry Lawden says. He's done risk management research. He says, if you're looking for absolute safety, you chose the wrong species. You can stay home in bed, but that may make you one of the half million Americans who require emergency room treatment each year for injuries sustained while falling out of the bed. You can cover your windows, but that may make you one of the ten people a year who accidentally hang themselves on their Venetian blinds. You can hide your money in a mattress, but that may make you one of the tens of thousands of people who go to the emergency room each year because of wounds from handling money. If you step up to the plate, you may strike out. The greatest hitters in the world strike out two times out of three. They they don't get on base two out of three times. Life is full of risks. If you're afraid of taking risks, why did you ever start walking? Life is full of risk. There are no guarantees in life. At some point, you have to try. At some point, you have to risk something. I mean, think about it. When it comes to athletics, you had to risk trying out for the team and working hard. When it comes to academics, you risk taking tests and risk your grades and risk getting into college. When it comes to education, you work hard for a future job. When it comes to relationships, you risk rejection. The first time you asked him out or her out, you risked rejection and hearing a no. When it comes to investments, you risk Investing your money unless you just want to go bury it in the backyard and risk nothing. And there's a parable about that. The reason we take risks 
is we're willing to risk failing for the opportunity to succeed. We're in a series, and today's the last one, called My Favorite Bible Characters. I'm just grabbing some Bible characters, and I'm preaching on them. And so we've looked at Onesiphorus and David and Judah and Esther and Elijah. And today we're going to look at one more who was a very risky person. A person who took a lot of chances. A person that many would say, you know, why would you do that? Why would you risk doing that? Why would you go off the deep end? You must not be right in your head, which is what we say about people who take risks sometimes. You know that Harlan Sanders took his first Social Security check, $105, and said, you know what, I'm going to risk everything, which he didn't have much. And he invested in Colonel Sanders, invested in KFC, and he risked everything. Life's full of risks. So today I want to talk about my favorite Bible character, and his name is... Peter. Let me tell you a little bit about Peter. He first shows up on the scene because his brother finds him. Andrew comes across Jesus, and Andrew found his brother Simon and said, We found the Messiah, and he brought Simon to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him in his first encounter with Jesus. Jesus says, I'm changing your name. You're no longer Simon. I'm going to call you Cephas. I'm going to call you Peter. I'm going to call you Stone. I'm going to call you Rock. There's all kinds of things about Peter. Peter's the one when Jesus came and said, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And Peter said, You're the Christ. That was Peter who said, You're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That was Peter. It was Peter when, the, when Jesus told the disciples he must suffer and die. He said, Lord, no, no, no. This will never happen. This shall never happen to you. And it was Peter that Jesus said, You, you get behind me, Satan. Because you're not thinking about the things I'm thinking about. It was Peter in Matthew 17 at the transfiguration with Moses and Elijah. It was Peter that said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. How about I build three booths? One for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for you. And it was Peter who God interrupted. God interrupted Peter and said, This is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. Listen to him. It was Peter who said, Lord, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? I mean, is seven enough? It was Peter who said, not me, Lord, I'll never disown you. It was Peter who says, I don't know this man when Jesus was on trial. It was Peter who said, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. It was Peter who said, I'll die with you, Lord. It was Peter who said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You've got the words of eternal life. It was Peter when the Lord was washing their feet and he said, hey, you're not doing mine. You're never washing my feet. It was Peter who drew a sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. It was Peter who was one of the twelve apostles. It was Peter who on the day of Pentecost when the church started preached to that crowd and 3,000 people responded. It was Peter who was arrested and who was flogged and who was beaten and who died for the Lord. It was Peter who always stuck his foot in his mouth. It was Peter who was a roller coaster ride. It was a Peter who always seemed to get in trouble. It was Peter who always seemed to do the wrong thing. It was Peter who often did the right thing. But let me tell you why I like Peter. Because in Matthew chapter 14, my favorite, maybe my favorite story in the Bible. When they're out in a boat and there's a storm. And the last thing you would expect to see in a storm on the water is somebody walking on the water. 
But it was Peter who said, Lord, if it's you, you tell me to come to you on the water. It was Peter who got down out of the boat. It was Peter who walked on water. The only human other than Jesus who walked on water. It was Peter who walked on water and came towards Jesus. It was Peter who, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, started to sink. It was Peter who cried out, Lord, save me. It was Peter who God, Jesus, had to reach down and pull up out of the water. It was Peter who risked everything, who risked his life to get out of the boat just so he could be closer to Jesus. That's why I like Peter. The reason I like Peter the most is Peter got out of the boat. Peter got out of the security. Peter got out of the comfort zone. Peter left the crowd. Peter didn't listen to Satan. Peter didn't listen to his peers. Peter said, you know what? I'm getting out of this boat. So let me tell you some things I learned from Peter. Peter teaches me that the safest place in the storm is with Jesus, not in the boat. The safest place for those guys that day was not in the boat. The safest place is always with Jesus. It's always with Jesus. So if you've got some storms in your life and you're wondering where Jesus is, you need to head towards Jesus. The direction of your life always needs to be towards Jesus. The safest place in a storm is with Jesus. If you've got a storm in your life right now, you need to be looking for Jesus. Because He's there. We're just having trouble seeing Him. Peter teaches me that God can do amazing things when I get out of my comfort zone. What happened to the 11 guys in the boat? God do anything amazing for them that day? He calmed the storm. They lived. Any of them walk on water? No. The only person that God did something really amazing for that day is the one who said, you know what? What, what, was, what was Paul's prayer? To dare to trust God, get out of our comfort zones and trust God. Peter said, you know what? I trust you. Lord, if it's you, you tell me to come to you. And the Lord said, come on. And Peter got out of the boat. Peter teaches me that when you're focused on Jesus, you can live with no regrets. When you're focused on Jesus, you're not thinking about the boat. When you're focused on Jesus, you're not thinking about the past. When you're focused on Jesus, you're not thinking about all your sins. When you're focused on Jesus, those skeletons in the closet seem to disappear. When you're focused on Jesus, all the stuff that you've messed up, all the things that Peter's ever done wrong, all of his failures, all of his sins, all he's thinking about right now is, I'm heading towards Jesus. Peter teaches me when you're focused on Jesus, you can live with no regrets. When you're focused on your regrets, you don't know where Jesus is. Because you're too busy feeling sorry for yourself about your sins and your mess-ups and your failures. Peter teaches me that most of the times that I fail, those are the times I'm not focused on Jesus. I can look through my life and the times that I've sinned, the times that I've failed, the times that I've let God down, I wasn't focused on Jesus. Peter teaches me it's not where you've been, it's where you're going. It's not where you've been. It's, I don't care how bad your past is. I don't care how bad you've messed up. If you're heading towards Jesus, you're heading in the right direction. If you're not heading towards Jesus, you're going the wrong way. Peter teaches me that even when I'm sinking in sin, God still loves me. I mean, even though he was sinking and took his eyes off Jesus... Jesus still reached down to save him. 
Even in the midst of my sin, even in the midst of my biggest sins, even in the midst of my failures, even when I'm feeling sorry for myself, even when I'm wondering if God still loves me, Peter teaches me, God still loves me. Peter teaches me that walking on water is not about what I can do, but about what God can do. I mean, when, when I say you need to get out of the boat, when God called, when Jesus called Peter to get out of the boat, it wasn't to see what amazing thing Peter could do. It was to see what amazing thing God could do through Peter. Peter teaches me it's not about me. It's about me humbling myself before God so that God can do something amazing through me so that I can give Him the glory. Peter teaches me that walking on water is about obe- being obedient to God. I mean, if you're going to ask Jesus, hey, Lord, if it's you, you tell me to come to you. And when the Lord says, come on, obedience says you get out of the boat and you come on. So Peter teaches me that walking on water is about being obedient. Peter teaches me that life's full of risks, but walking with Jesus is your safest decision. There's no guarantees in life. None. Zero. Zilch. But there's a biblical guarantee that says the safest thing you can do, no risk, is to follow Jesus. Peter teaches me so many things about what I need to do. So let me catch up here for a second. You know why I love this story about Peter the most? is because Peter teaches me not to listen to the crowd, not to listen to Satan, not to listen to the negative, not to listen to the, we can't do that, not to listen to, have you gone out of your mind? Not to listen to the, you're not thinking right in the head, you're crazy. Peter says, you know what, I'm just heading towards Jesus. That's the safest thing you can do. Peter teaches me so many things about following Jesus. There's more to life than sitting in the boat. There's more to life than security. There's more to life than your comfort zone. If you sit in the boat, if you stay in your comfort zone, if you stay in your rut, you will live a life of stagnation and boredom. Research says you've got to take some risks. You've got to get out of the boat. So let me challenge some of y'all. Some of you need to... I can't believe this is my first one, but I wrote it down anyway. Some of you need to eat at a different restaurant. If you know me, you know where I'll be eating tomorrow. Some of you need to eat at a different restaurant. Some of you all need to drive a new way to work. Some of you all need to mow your yard in a different direction. Some of you need to clean out your garage. Some of you need to throw some things away. Some of you need to go back to school. Some of you need to finish your degree. Some of you need to say... I'm sorry. Some of you need to forgive. Some of you need to be more accepting. Some of you need to go on a mission trip. Some of you need to talk to your neighbors about Jesus. Some of you need to start teaching the class. Some of you need to go into ministry. Some of you need to go start trusting Jesus with your finances. Some of you need to trust Jesus with your marriages. Some of you need to trust Jesus with your children. Some of you just need to trust Jesus. As Paul prayed, to dare to get out of your comfort zone and start trusting Jesus. When you're in your comfort zone and the security of everything around you, you don't need Jesus because your security and your comfort's doing just fine for you. Some of you need to start trusting Jesus when it comes to church, when it comes to 
church. See, all those illustrations didn't stretch you at all. But when it comes to church, maybe it's time we started getting out of the boat. That's what Peter teaches me, to get out of the boat, to get out of the comfort zone. You realize at some point in time, somebody risked saying, you know, I really think we ought to have a vacation Bible school. That was a risk. I think we need to start having revivals. I think we need to build a gym. I think we need to have a kitchen. I think air conditioning would be good. Somebody risked saying those things and now try to take any of those things out of our culture, that would, you'd be risking your life. Isn't it amazing how the things that we risk starting if we try to stop doing those things, that seems risky? Maybe we need to get a little risky and start planting churches. Not just sending people out, but sending people out to plant churches. Maybe the best thing we need to do instead of thinking about having a second service, I hadn't brought that up in a while, so I've been real safe. So maybe instead of a second service, how about we just start planting churches? Let's send people out into the mission field. It was mentioned at a meeting the other night that, you know, we send people, we want to plant churches over in Honduras and we want to plant churches in Ghana and we never even think twice about doing that. How about we start planting some churches around here? Oh, Richie, that's too risky. You realize that most of the stuff that you encounter here at church has nothing to do with right or wrong. It has nothing to do with scriptural or unscriptural. It has to do with our comfort zones. And we're uncomfortable when we're stretched. So it's really safe today for Rodney to sing all the golden oldies. We sing the golden oldies, it's safe. You can't get in trouble singing the golden oldies. I mean, you just can't. Start singing some of the newer songs, Rodney's going to hear about it. We're going to hear about it. Why are we singing those songs? If we were to change the order of worship much, that's just too risky. If we were to cancel Sunday nights and start doing small groups all the time, do do you know the wars we went through and the battles we fought to get to that point? And now some of y'all are like, hey, I just soon do small groups till Jesus comes. I'm not ever coming to the building again. Why are you trying to shake up our small group? Our small group like... Everything we do is risky. But if you don't risk getting out of the boat, you'll never be stretched. I don't want to live my life in the boat. I don't know that I want to be on the water. But if Jesus is on the water, that's where I want to be. One of my favorite songs is by Casting Crowns. And it goes like this. Oh, what I would do to have the kind of faith it takes to climb out of this boat I'm in onto the crashing waves. To step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is. And he's holding out his hand. But the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me, reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed. The waves, they keep on telling me time and time again, boy, you'll never win. You'll never win. Oh, what I would do to have the kind of strength it takes to stand before a giant with just a sling and a stone, surrounded by the sound of a thousand warriors, shaking in their armor, wishing they would have had the strength to stand. But the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, 
Do not be afraid. The voice of truth says, This is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. We offer the invitation of Jesus Christ today because His voice is truth. And out of all the voices that you could be listening to, His voice is the one you need to listen to. And yet when we offer the invitation of Jesus, sometimes people say and think, you know, that's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of risky. I mean, if I respond to the invitation, that's kind of risky. If I respond to the invitation, what are my friends going to think? If I respond to the invitation... What are people going to say? And we walk out the door and we don't respond. Because it's too risky. You're out of your mind. You're not thinking right. When we offer the invitation and, and read Scripture and say, you need to repent and be baptized, people say, yeah, I don't, I, I, that, that's too risky. I don't want to do that. There's two sides of being risky when it comes to baptism. If you're thinking, you know, I don't want to be baptized in front of 400 people and come up out of that thing wet, I'll meet you at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Sound like a car salesman in East Texas. I'll meet you at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'll meet you whenever you want to meet. You, you don't have to be baptized in front of 400 people. But you need to be baptized. Listen, folks, when it comes to... Your life, the direction of your life should always be towards Jesus. That's what Peter teaches me. Peter didn't want to stay in the boat. Peter wasn't going to listen to those guys. There's no telling what those guys were saying to him. The safest place to be in a storm. And the direction of your life should always be towards Jesus. So if towards Jesus means repentance, you know that big biblical word repentance? You know what it means? It means to change directions. That's all repentance means. I'm living my life this way, which is the wrong way. I'm trying to live my life my, life my way and do it my way. Repentance says, you know what? I'm going to change directions, and I'm going to... The direction of my life is going to be towards Jesus. I love the story of Peter, because Peter stretches me. Peter wants me to get out of the boat. Peter wants me to do things I don't want to do. Peter wants me to... Peter wants me to listen to God and follow Him. We offer the invitation of Jesus today. It's not our invitation. It's not this church's invitation. It's the invitation of Jesus to follow Him and to be a Jesus follower. If you need to respond to the invitation of Jesus, He's calling today. He knows your name. And He's calling your name. And you need to listen to His voice. And if you've never been baptized, we want to assist you in that today. If you need the prayers of this church, we want to lift up your name before the throne of God. If you want to meet our shepherds in the back and go to a private room, they would love to lift your name up before the throne of God. If you need to respond to the invitation of Jesus, you need to be heading towards Jesus in your life. Please come as we stand and sing.